Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? Talking with Skeletor right now. They're playing with a show August 19th at Southgate Roller Rink. So if you want to... You know, put on some roller skates. You can watch some some awesome metal. They have a, a new album called Blood Empire. It's a 12-inch EP coming out September 30th. There's a new single called Good Day to Die. It's available now, and we're going to play it at the end of the interview. But, uh, you know, just before we get into uh, everything with, with the new album, with how you guys been playing shows and whatnot, uh, why don't we go around the room? And, Jason, let's start with you. Introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself, and tell us uh, what you do in the band. Uh, I'm Jason uh, Conde Houston, the one and only. Uh, I started this band um, when I was 16. Yeah. Uh, back in San Diego, and we moved up here in 2006. And um, we have been carrying the the banner of true metal since. And I'm the singer and one of the songwriters. Right on. Um, I'm Robbie Houston. I'm Jason's cousin. Um, and our dads were identical twins. So okay. kind of like half brothers. Um, technically, I'm not an original member, but <laughs> I play the first show. So um, I think that's pretty good. Um, I've been in the band basically the whole time. Um, I had a bunch of the songs do most of our recordings um play guitar nice i'm rob steinway i am also a guitar player in the band i've been in the band since about 2009 i believe it was like november september 2009 somewhere in there so quite a while uh i am the one of the members that joined up when we were uh when the band relocated to seattle uh-huh. and play guitar do some backing shouting vocals live and uh, also contribute songwriting killer. And uh, Patrick, what do you do in the band? Hey there. Uh, I'm the drummer. Awesome. Uh, oh. That's been in the band since forever. Awesome. Right. He's on. been in the band since 1999. Wow. Yeah, okay. there, well, there's been spells where I've been replaced, but the posers, <laughs> the posers fell. Nice spells. Are we doing just audio? Yeah, yeah. It's just doing audio. You, you can turn off video if you need to. We're just doing audio. Um, if the if it's better for your connection, you can just do audio. Uh, right on. Okay, so starting in San Diego over twenty years ago, what brought you guys up to Seattle? Uh, this, I mean, mainly it was uh, Patrick had to go to uh, he went to Evergreen mm-hmm. in Olympia. Um, and then Robbie wanted to, uh, come up here so he could start recording bands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for um, various um, but also the, the scene in San Diego was dying. All the venues were closing is kind of a big, uh, revolution going on in all of our lives. And, uh, 
I don't know, we played our first show in Seattle at the Fun House, and uh, it was one of the best shows we ever played. And we kind of thought, this is this is kind of it, you know? Yeah, we should do this. That's awesome. Well, you guys have kind of really paved the way for, you know, this current wave in, in Seattle of some old school kind of traditional style metal. There's some great bands, um, Solicitor from this area uh, and, and of course, Greyhawk. And, and you guys seem to be kind of like the, the torchbearers. You know, you've been going strong for 20 plus years. Uh, would that be fair to say? Yeah. And there were other bands. I mean, obviously, Substratum. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but uh, I remember when we played our first show at the Funhouse, our friend Jimmy was there, and he he thought we were just going to be one of those gimmick bands that made fun of metal. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, he's like, wait, what the f***? They're actually playing this. They actually mean it. And, uh, you know, that was, what, 16 years ago. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's been spells where things got low you know but we were always like well what you know what are we going to do like this is the kind of music we want to play we're just going to keep playing it absolutely you know uh so i I, i'm curious about this new album so you know was this a a pandemic project was this an, an album that you just did like you know when you weren't able to play shows or is this like a super recent thing oh it's definitely pandemic we we started the writing process was that late 2019-ish, Jason? Roughly? I'd say early, early 2020. Early 2020, like, yeah. Just before I went to the hospital. I think, be- I think before the pandemic, we had one riff for one song. And Basically. then the rest was fleshed out, like, post-pandemic and post-Jason's, like, uh, fight with death, which he won. <laughs> which, is a, which is awesome. Yeah. And then throughout the whole pandemic, we were, um, you know, trying different avenues for songwriting, for, for jamming online. Uh, we experimented with some different software where we could all connect up and play along with each other, which was, you know, varying degrees of success with that for sure. It was more frustrating than uh, productive usually, but you know, sure. the bulk of the stuff was written during, and then final touches, uh, you know, after things started kind of easing up a little. So, yeah. I, I think, sorry. I think that we would have, um, I mean, we basically had the idea to write these songs, like the general idea of what these songs would be about, like before the pandemic, mm-hmm. but maybe it would have been part of like a larger album. Um, you know, but then like once it, we realized what it was, it was like, okay, we're, we're going to do these like three or four songs and we're just going to focus on this and make it happen, you know? And yeah, I'm glad we did that because it was such a chore just to make four songs happen. And the writing process for the band is really collaborative. It's not like nice. a one person sits there and writes like an entire album's worth of material, presents it to everyone else, and then everyone learns it. And, you know, usually maybe uh, there's about one or two songs per album where one person will take care of most of everything. But for the most part, everything is kind of written in the room collaboratively making adjustments on the fly, changing stuff. That's got to be vacation. That's got to be difficult. If you, you know, you guys operate in that way over the internet where there's lags or, you know, you know, someone's connections wrong or, you know, just that must've been kind of frustrating. I can imagine. It was insane. Yeah. There's parts that like, you know, if we were in the room, 
we would have just been able to talk about it and jam on them and try out different ideas over the course of like an hour. Yeah. Whereas it took a few weeks to, you know, like record demos and trade them back with each other, you know, just to get the same like level of collaboration. Uh, J- Jason, we kind of touched a little bit about, you know, your, your fight with death, your beating death. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Or are, are you comfortable with, with disclosing that information? I mean, it was just an unfortunate circumstance that um, I had a perforation in my lower intestine. Wow. And uh, I was I was working at the time. I was working at a, a steakhouse in mm-hmm. Belltown. And as the day progressed, I felt worse and worse and worse and worse. I thought it was like my appendix or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> what's funny is after work, I went home and I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. And uh, that was not good for my stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, after that, I was like, you know what? I think I need to go to the hospital. And uh, yeah, I spent a week in the hospital. Um, I couldn't drink water. Um, I couldn't have any liquids until I farted the first time. <laughs> and then the first thing I had was Gatorade. And it was the most beautiful thing I've ever had in my life. Sweet Gatorade. Sweet Gatorade. Uh, in the end, they, they they had no cause. They had no idea what happened. What the hell? Yeah. But so, you were triumphant over it. Triumphant. Indeed. F that. Well, and then the crazy part too is that you were like getting right out of the hospital. And as you're like, it had to have been like what within like a couple of weeks, then the pandemic was in full swing. Yeah. So like he kind of dodged a bullet there. Yeah. The hospitals you, got crazy. It, feeling better. Time to time to get back to jamming and, and rocking yeah. out. Let's go to these 30,000 plus summer rock concerts over in Europe. Woo! Oh, wait, yeah. the world's going to sh- never mind. But it's okay. Two weeks shelter in place will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Two and a half years later. Yeah, exactly. Shelter in place. Anyways, uh, so, okay. So during this time where like, you know, whether it's, you know, whether you're not working, you're, you're at home frustration, you know, you're trying to do this remote, remote recording or doing whatever you're doing. We all have these crappy days, right? We've had quite a few of them over the last two years. um, And, during those times, what's an album that you can reach for that can uh, be a positive, uplifting thing or something to get your aggression out? Just what's an album you reach for after a crappy day? Uh, Rob, let's start with you, man. Oh, she's going to start with me. Jeez Louise. Um, you know, I'm a big uh, Euro power metal fan. And to be honest, one of my all-time favorites, um, I'm a really big fan of Gamma Ray. Okay. Uh, the... Um, the, the first land of the free album is just if you're feeling down and you need a, a little pick me up, that's a good way to kick it off. In my opinion, for sure. Land of the free gamma ray. Yep. All right. Right on. And Robbie, how about you? Uh, anything with Ronnie James Dio singing. Okay. Dio is pure magic. Uh, but let's just say mob rules. Nice. No angry machines for you. yeah i'm not gonna gonna suggest that but you know what i'll listen to it and it'll make me feel good i think i have that on my cd rack the reissue of that so yeah maybe i'll bust that out tonight patrick how about you man it's uh it's cool that you said reissues because i think for me 
my commute during the pandemic like dramatically increased. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I got really into like new remasters of classic albums and like like okay. the CD format. Yeah. And I was just like, it's beats streaming so much. Like uh specifically I got uh Turbo Lover and Screaming for Vengeance and those newer remasters. And it's revelatory. Like you can hear details in the riffs that you like didn't know before. And maybe it's that car stereo systems are better now too, but mm-hmm. like, damn man, if you're going to crush a 45 minute commute to rent in every day, that, that will get you through it. You know, I, I do do streaming, you know, but I, I, I have vinyl and, and cassette tapes, but I like CDs because I can pop them in my car and I have such ADD with music. If I'm doing streaming that if I put it a CD in, it really makes me actually listen to the full album. Like I will actually listen to it. If I just pop the CD in, in my car, even though, you know, I have all the other options. I can pop it on my phone, do all this other stuff. If I just put the CD in, I'll actually listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the, of the CD format in general, but I feel like, specifically for a car like that's what it's made for totally jason what about you what's an album you can go to on a crap day um either born again or seven star by black sabbath okay i just like those those uh obscure obscure deep cuts yes and i just love ian gillen and glenn hughes they're just you know gods for me sabbath and sabbath are here those are like often considered quite a, like the quote unquote lean years of black Sabbath. Right. But like, what <clears> is it about those two albums that, you know, often, you know, are overlooked when people are looking at, you know, the, the black Sabbath catalog. What, what about those two records really stand out to you? Well, obviously the singing uh, yeah. is one thing, but um, I, I feel like born again is like the dirtiest and the, possibly the heaviest of their albums. Like not as like deep heavy as like Master of Reality, but like I don't know, man. Disturbing the priest is just nasty, yeah. you know. And then Seven Star is a bit more like on the rainbow, deep purple side, mm-hmm. a bit more uh, virtuosic, um, and then a bit more metal than uh, Black Sabbath is in the seventies, you know. If you've never seen. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? No, you, you you go ahead. You're 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 doing this. Yeah. Okay. If you've never seen Skeletor before, <laughs> you would will be totally stoked on this band because they're you know they shred, they're 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 badass, but then Jason just has these pipes, these wailing pipes. It's the most high-pitched, epic metal voice. Uh Jason, I gotta ask you, man. When did you discover this within yourself? Like, was it singing along to Iron Maiden as a kid or like, when did you, and and did it take a while to kind of um, adjust or to like learn this or did it come naturally? Um, it's an amalgamation of things, you know, like mm-hmm. I did musical theater and okay. in uh, junior high and high school. Um uh, the first high note I ever hit was in uh, Greece. Oh, cool. Um, but like early days of Skeletor, it was like just me trying to be Tom Mariah. Just okay. And piercing like Angel of Death Scream. And then I started getting a Man of War and Priest. And, and then it just went on from there, you know? Yeah. Can I, can I chime in a little bit on this, Absolutely. Jason? Oh, sorry, yes, sorry. please. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. In the early days of Skeletor, you were you were doing the thrash Tom Mariah thing and doing it quite well, right? Um, and it sounded cool, but it wasn't you know super like you know good singing, quote unquote. Sure. Um, but then you were working at that, <clears throat> and you were bored all day, and you were started cranking. Pre- <laughs> yes. And I remember ever like people would walk by you singing along to priest for like eight hours for like a couple years and that was when like that was really when your voice started coming into its own i would agree as far as i remember yeah uh, rob halford has a way of uh teaching you things yeah (laughs) absolutely and uh, also another one of those albums would be unleashed in the east uh for talking about a way to get pumped up uh there's you know so many iconic you know voices from seattle and and, and within the the genre of metal you know i I would definitely put world dane up there and then you know just you jason i think you're one of the most iconic metal vocalists from this scene you know of all time so you and warl i'd say i definitely up there there's quite a few others and you know, within you know grunge and all of that like heavy rock but i gotta say man that that you you've got quite the pipes dude i'm glad i got to see sanctuary before he passed away absolutely that was incredible i uh when we interviewed him on metal shop he was saying how he loved the old songs but he was kind of pissed that he wrote them so high because he's like when guys they got older <laughs> you, you know on those older never those nevermore records his voice was really low yeah. And so like he kind of did the low register and he would try to do these like high pitch and he's like, God damn it. Yeah, it's hard to revisit certain songs that you recorded when you were younger. Um, like the intro to Agents of Power, I I can't do that scream anymore. I've had to drop it like by at least a fifth. Well, uh, you know, we just mentioned, you know, uh, Sanctuary and, and, and some other Northwest bands. So I guess I'll just, you know, start with this. And uh, Jason, we'll start with you. What are a few of your favorite Northwest bands of all time, whether it's current or, you know, long gone? Um, obviously, Sanctuary, mm-hmm. uh, Metal Church, yeah, Culprit. Um, was that one band? Upper Echelon. Yeah. I don't know that band. That one's. It, they only had one EP, so it's like okay. super obscure. Cool. Uh, but I, I, and then obviously, you know, old school Queens, right? It's tight. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick, how about you, man? Oh, hey there. Uh, sorry. I, I was paying attention to my dog. Um, um, you know, I have a lot more basic tastes than the dudes in the band. Totally. And a lot, I, I would say a, a lot broader and less like in depth in terms of like the heavy metal scene. But I don't know. Recently, I think I've been trying to get into like Screaming Trees and the like D list grunge bands. Sure. Okay. And just mo- not for the vocals though, but for the like the tone. And like the like how people recorded DIY back then was such sure. a different experience than how like like we can make something that sounds passable for like mainstream in a garage, but like back then you had to really get creative to make something that functioned right for people. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's this kind of a stupid answer, but yeah, I think just the more uh like obscure underground stuff that I never listened to as a teen, like you know, Tad, the stuff that, Screaming that, Trees, Gas Huffer. 
Yeah, that led to Nirvana and all that yeah. crap, right? Yeah. Nice. Right on. Robbie, how about you, man? Uh well, a lot of the stuff Jason already mentioned, but I'm gonna I'm gonna add heart to the mix. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Heart really uh <clears throat> wounded on so many levels. Right on. And uh, how about you, Rob? You know, basically a lot of the bands that everyone else has already listed off. Um, uh, if you know, if we're talking a little bit more in the newer, the newer folks, um, I was a really big fan of Substratum when they were around, and then also Solicitor, um, two great Seattle bands. Um, if we're getting a little bit more in the the darker, heavier side of things, um, you know. Serpent's Aeon, who was around years and years ago, a death metal band, they were excellent, kind of like Morbid Angel style. Awesome. Um, you know, they're and we're we're actually pretty spoiled, I feel like, around here because there are a lot of killer local bands. And a lot um, of different sounds too. Totally. Um, you know, Macabre, Materia Obscure, yeah. Blighted Eye, like the, you know, kind of going all around there in the more extreme metal realm. And then, you know, we have some sort of uh proto early metal hard rock metal type stuff with you know we have like bretta they're great great band uh, their singer did the artwork for blood empire actually that's awesome um and uh you know obviously you know Greyhawk. um i mean one could just look at you guys play cult fest you know you could just look at the flyer and and there's you know death metal there's power metal there's old school metal there's black metal there's you know, like grindcore and in 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 tech death. It's like there's such mm-hmm. a wide array, but it seems like you know there's kind of a unity within the metal scene, which is a beautiful thing. For sure. Indeed. Uh so um curious about, you know, you guys are 20 years in, you guys are killing it, putting out new music. What keeps you guys motivated to to keep going with with Skeletor? I think the music itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it speaks for itself. I don't know. Can someone else uh, explain <laughs> that one? I think um, there's just like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I have a need for it. Like, you know, like if we, if we go a few weeks without jamming, it happens sometimes, or, you know, we go through a period where we don't have any shows like we did. Like I literally feel like it needs to happen, yeah. you know? And I feel like sitting there and like, you need to get it out. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just like, sometimes it takes forever to write something, but you like, you just know that if you stopped doing it, you'd regret it, like, mm-hmm. not too long. And you'd, you'd be like, oh my God, I need to do it. It's almost like therapy. I know that sounds a weird thing to say, but just like musical therapy, just getting it, create the creation of, you know, these songs, of music, um, bringing something into existence, you know, from our minds into, you know, the hard drives of our computers and to people's speakers everywhere. It's really motivating and, and also satisfying too. It's also the camaraderie, the, the bond that we've made between each other over these years, you know, like if we weren't all best friends, we wouldn't be doing this forever. Right. Like, Oh, for sure. I mean, look at those Iron Maiden posters, right? That's, you know, you could say the same thing for them. Yep. Yep. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I think this last couple of years really, uh, for lack of a better phrase, tested the metal. Because I really learned that, you know, we take like a hiatus, like a month or something or a month and a half when someone goes on vacation or like whatever, gets married or uh, all that crap but uh and you kind of go a little insane just not playing a show for two months or a month and a half right and then like two years we kept trying to get back together then we'd have to stop getting back together because people would get sick and you know the world was going and it really clarified to me that this is like an important part of just like literally who i am in a way that like You can't be filled by anything else. And that's why it's like, you know, we played Cult Fest. It was awesome. But, you know, our our set started at started at one or midnight. Midnight, yeah. Wow. It started at midnight. So, you know, this, the doors were at, what, four? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, half the crowd was gone by that time. And But those 25 people that stayed, like, I mean, I felt energized. And immediately when we stopped playing, I was ready to crash. But, like. Um, it, it's just such an important part of the, the core of my identity. And when you take it out, I'm like, what am I? I'm just my job Fuck that, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah it would, it would, there, there were so many times over the last two years where it would have been so easy to just be like, this is way too fucking hard to like make all this happen. Like, I'm just going to quit. But like, not that I ever thought about actually doing it, but the point is like, um, anyone who didn't totally care about it and it wasn't part of their like existence, they would have quit. Cause it was really hard. Yeah. It was like so hard to make happen. I mean, I even, I almost quit split heaven uh, during pandemic. Cause I was like, I can't do Skeletor and split heaven when I can't do anything, you yeah. know? And uh, they had to rally me and be like, no dude, come to Mexico, record with us. And even Robbie was like, dude, just do it. Just make the music happen, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's really the important part is just the, the camaraderie and the expression of yourself Mm -hmm. and uh, pleasing fans, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'm glad I asked that because uh, I got some good answers, man. It's, you guys are super passionate about the band. 20 plus years in, you know, in, <clears throat> in, in, in you guys are putting out new music. You guys are playing shows. You have a show coming up August 19th at Southgate Roller Rink. So you can roller skate and watch some metal. Pretty fun. Uh, they got all kinds of snacks and beers there. It's a 21 and over thing like after like seven or eight on Fridays. So it's good good vibe and fridays and saturdays uh again th- they have a new album uh Ske- they i mean skeletor blood empire coming out september 30th and we're gonna go into a new song here this is good day to die from the brand new skeletor album blood empire on loud and local stay home sessions
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.